Welcome to Black Wealth Weekly Podcast, where you can find different guests being interviewed by me, Shaniqua Nicole, the Millennial Money Maven, every single week, where we will be breaking down how they got into their respective industries and are creating wealth for their families. You don't want to miss an episode, so hit the bell and tune in. What's up, family? Welcome to this week's episode of Black Wealth Weekly Podcast. I'm Shaniqua Nicole, the Millennial Money Maven, your host this week with my amazing guest, Andre hey. Hatchett. What's up, King? Doing well, Queen. How about you? Doing good. Honored to see you, as always. Yes, always a pleasure. Had mm-hmm. to bring you on the podcast. You're doing so many amazing things, so had to bring you on the podcast. It's an honor. Yes, 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 yes. And then the studio was fire. You guys can't see it, but this is fly. The studio fire. Yeah, you did your thing. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, we trying to build a prestigious brand here. You're off to a great start. I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. But let's just get into, you know, into it. Tell the people who you are. What do you do? Yeah, so I'm Andre C. Hatchett. 40-year-old, as of now, uh, entrepreneur, uh, proud black man, hardcore business owner, been job-free for the past 13 years, uh, wrote three self-published books. Um, I'm mostly known for my mobile notary business and my online mobile notary academy, and I own, um, I own or have interest in about 10, 12 properties or so. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so you know, um, before I get too far deep into it, I will tell you this because you guys inspired me really? to start my investment journey. Shout out. Yes, okay. shout out to you. Shout out to uh, Charles. Charles. Yes, yeah, Todd okay. Billion. Todd Billion, what up? We <laughs> <laughs> will be glad to hear that. Thank you for that. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, so I had wanted to invest in real estate for so long. And just the thought of tying up so much money was mm-hmm. like I just couldn't get my I couldn't wrap my mind around mm, it as a new entrepreneur. Yeah. I'm like, you know, okay, I'm gonna make eight hundred dollars a month, but I gotta tie up yeah. two hundred or you know what I'm saying, <laughs> all this cash. Yep. Um, I'm a little more seasoned now. <laughs> so I get the game, but I didn't wanna tie up that much money. And so I love what y'all were doing in Detroit. Mm. So I bought my first investment property in Detroit. I remember when you did. All yeah. from, literally all from Instagram. You, you didn't even see the property before you got it, right? Didn't even see the property. <laughs> didn't even see the properties, right? But just seeing the, the, the thing about seeing things and not being able to unsee it, seeing you guys. Bingo go into Detroit and do it. Mm-hmm. None of you guys were from Detroit. None of us are. You know, nobody yeah. lives in Detroit, yeah. and neither did I. Um, but I, I, it just gave me the confidence to say, okay, well, if they're doing it, I know I can do it too. Mm. And so I went online, auction, found my house on the online auction, never had been to Detroit in my life. Oof. Won the auction and was like, oh my gosh, I own real estate in Detroit now. Shout out to you. <laughs> How much did it cost? I think I paid 18000 for it. Ooh. And I just sold it, so I, I held it for three years, um, getting like nine hundred and something dollars in rent for three years, wow. and I just sold it for fifty-five thousand. Nice. Talk about a come up. Talk about a come up. Yeah, and I you. didn't even tell you that I had a mobile notary closing. Shout out to the mobile notary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. That's what's up. Yes, yes. So this guy is very influential, y'all. Um, he has influenced me, even me. <laughs> Uh, to get started with some things, but no, I love what you do uh, you. with the noble, the, the mobile notary business, mm-hmm. um, because it's just such a, um, it's a it's a need based yep, thing. Bingo. It's a need based thing. I'm in the tax space. Need so, based. So, mm-hmm. yep, needs based. I totally get it. I totally love it. 
before you were doing this. You said it was how, how long ago now? Uh, I started the business when I was 25, like about 16 years ago. So I started at 24, but um, I did have a nine to five. Okay. I did have a nine to five. I worked with special needs children and I coached youth basketball for uh, about four or five years. So from 19 to 27, I was a teacher's aide, worked with special needs children, um, very re rewarding work. And part time, I ran the business, so that was my career. Gotcha. And what made you? What made you do mobile notary? Like out of all the things you could have done part time as a twenty-something-year-old mm -hmm. guy, how did you fall into that? It made sense. Gotcha. It just made sense. So I didn't realize. So my, uh, I have a friend named Montoya. Shout out to Montoya. He calls me Mr. Practical, right? <laughs> Mr. I'm just a practical dude. So low startup costs under 500 bucks I, I was only making 100 dollars a day at the job or so so i didn't have a lot of money to start up a different business and i saw my boy ricky as, as you said you can't unsee success it's like damn wow he did it or she did it i can do it right and and when they're your friend and they look like you like it's extra encouraging so right. i saw him roll around make 75 dollars for 20 minutes 150 for half an hour uh no degree required i was like yeah i'm doing this and it just made sense. And I also knew that you could middleman out, out the services. So if a company pays me 200 bucks, I know that I could find someone else to do it for 100 bucks. So mm. it just made sense. And so he, that, and that's, yeah. that's the real play right there. That's really how you scale it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if you're self-employed, which is great, you could only you could do oh so much with your time. Because if I'm somewhere, I'm getting paid well, but that's it. But the whole country is my client base right now. So mm. yeah, that's how you scale it. Gotcha, gotcha. So 19 and 27, you were working as a teacher's aide. Mm -hmm. Did you go to college during that time? I went to college off and on for years. It took me 12 years to finish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, damn, maybe more than 12. Yeah, but uh, it took me a long time. Right. Long time. I, I, I'm not an academia, so, so my skill sets don't come from formal education. It, it comes from me just out here doing stuff. Gotcha. So what are some of those skill sets that you know, that have gotten you to be as successful as you are today? People. I'm a pretty good people person. Yeah. I have to give myself a credit. Yeah, pretty yeah, good I think people so. person. I get along with people. I help people. And I help, I try to help before I ask. So, uh, so some people burn relationships just because they don't know how to talk to people. They don't respond well. Uh, they think everything personal, things don't go their way. They think they have to be head honcho or everything. Fam, let's just vibe. Let's just vibe and get along. So I've been able to get in really good with a lot of people, help them, and they've helped me. That's been one of my best assets. I love it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and so I've been able to keep things simple. I don't overthink anything. Right. I know you're Mr. Like, just do it. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like my, my people know me for that now. It's wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You might need to trademark. Whatever. What's the statement? Um, Get it done. Start now. Right. All that. Right. All that. Don't overthink. Overact, Don't overthink it. Overact and underthink. Right. So tell us some of your principles, because I know every time I see you online, you're like, <laughs> get it done. Yeah. Let's do it. One of my principles, um, start before you're ready. Okay. Start before you're ready, and you'll get there. Most people live in their heads, and they want to master what they're doing, like this podcast before they even start. Right? Start. If, if you got a camera, you can start a podcast. Right. Now, you got some lights going on, you got some fancy <laughs> stuff, but not everyone needs to be this fancy to start. Right. And they might look at you or look at our boy David Shannon, somebody said, hey, look how great theirs is. But that might not be your budget. Yeah. 
you've been doing well in business, so, so you have money to do money certain to things. Invest, yeah. If you don't, still start. Use Zoom. Let me tell you something. I wanted to start a podcast for so long. Mm. My husband had a podcast maybe five years ago, really? like before podcasts even oh, wow. got popping. And he always told me I should start a podcast because I'm funny. And I'm like, am I funny or are you making fun of me? <laughs> you're funny. You are funny. <laughs> you, you're funny. But I literally, you know, like you said, just always feeling like it had to be perfect. Yeah. Like I need the lights, I need the cameras. Like, okay, I'll, I'll go buy a camera. Okay, now I gotta learn how to use the camera. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now I need to find somebody <laughs> to edit it, you know? So yeah. being an overthinker, maybe a little bit of over-perfectionist, I have delayed my process in getting this podcast started, but I'm happy that we're here and you know, it's at a level that I would like it to be. Mm -hmm. So God is good. And a lot of people get so, yes he is. A lot of people <laughs> get so high off of overthinking and, and planning in their heads, they think that they're actually doing work mm. because they're tired from the thinking oh and the gosh. planning, but you haven't done anything. You preaching. Opposed to someone like me, um, not that uh, formally smart per se, but I got stuff done. Yeah. Just because I'm, I'm okay with getting better as I go along. Right. Gotcha. So talk to me about your real estate journey. You said that you own partials of 20 properties right now? Yeah, yeah, something somewhere like uh, alone. I'm part of funds and uh, in, in Detroit we have, I think nine or 10 properties I'm in. Oh, wow. I own three or four on my own. So yes, yeah, somewhere around that, somewhere around the 20 mark. Yeah, somewhere around that 20 That's mark. That's amazing. How long have you been investing in real estate? So I was 22. Oh, okay. I got my first property, so 18, 18, 18 years. years. Yeah, 18 years. Wow. I got my first property now when I was 22. Uh, that's actually a funny story. Talk to, um, talk to. So that's like the foundation of my of my journey. I became obsessed with owning real estate. I read the books, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and I was saving money. I wrote down every dollar I earned and spent for two years. So if I was making $100 a day, which I was around about, I wouldn't spend more than $30 a day. And once every two weeks, I would splurge, like get rid of lobster or something like that, spend 100 bucks. <laughs> Uh, I kept my FICO score immaculate, and my car died. Mm. So it was a it was a pivotal moment because I could have bought a new car, a nice car, but my my DTI would have went down. Wouldn't have been able to get the mortgage. So I took the bus. So twenty one, seven ten bands in the bank. I was on the bus <laughs> with a high, and a high FICO score, <laughs> and. I'm glad but you I, had a goal. I had a goal and I needed the goal. We only accomplish our needs in mm. life. If it's not needed, you're not going to do it. You needed the goal. Needed though. it. So that's the key. I, yeah, remember the closing day. Yeah, yeah. So uh, 18 or so years later, here we are. But that was my first property in um, Westchester County in and New York. And you literally thugged it out until you were able. Thugged it out. <laughs> I did not want to go on the bus. It was an hour bus ride to work and I had to walk to the bus stop. And it was it was a inconvenience, but I knew right. I, I had no choice. Short-term sacrifice for long-term gain. Off. Paid off. I still have the property. So, yeah, you still have it in New, New York? Atlanta, in New York. Okay. Yeah. You on a little piece of the big city. A little piece of the big apple. Yeah. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I, you know, I love New York. New York has always seemed like a place that was just so hard to own real estate in. Yes, it, it, it's an expensive market. Yeah, what was, so what was your deal like back then when you were 20-something years old? Yeah, so, um, condo, uh, I had to put down 10%, 10, 
So that was about $5,000 or so, closing costs. $50,000 condo? $53,000, yeah, $53,000. Um, so if you're, fr if you're from New York, you know what a co-op is, but people outside of New York don't know this. So I do, I know, it. You, I know Of course you don't order it. You got everything. <laughs> so 10% uh, down, I was able to get in with no board approval. Some of them required board, mine was no board approval. I went to see it, I, I saw it in the newspaper. I saw it in the newspaper, so that shows you how, that old, shows you how, long, how long ago, ago it, was. it was. And I, <laughs> I was with my aunt. I was like, hey, Barbara, can we go see this property? She was like, yeah, let's go. We went to go see it that same day that I saw it in the paper. We handed an offer that day. She said, uh, they called me Andy, my family. She said, Andy, if you don't buy the property, I'm going to get it for my daughter. I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm going to get it. And my payments, uh, mortgage, in the maintenance and parking were under $600. Wow. That was all in the, again, I'm practical, right? It was in a redeveloping area, under $600 for everything. I could rent out that property then, even 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 at that point, for around 900 bucks. So it was a no-brainer. The numbers now, made sense for you. Yeah. So how has that property appreciated for you over these 18 years? It's, it's worth uh, probably at least 120 130 now. Nice. So, so almost tripled. And again, it, You've been collecting rent. Collecting rent for a long time, and it's in the portfolio. So yeah, it's, so it's, it's an asset. It's an asset. Yeah. It's an asset. Absolutely. And here's the thing about starting. Even if it's not perfect, even if it's not the biggest property, it gives you the motivation, and it gives you the confidence that I can do this. I tell people all the time, especially my young entrepreneurs and professionals, like, you have to just do it. You have to try That's something it. because... The more you conquer, the more you accomplish, the more confident you become, mm -hmm. that the more energy that you get and belief that you get in yourself, you know, mm -hmm. and I just I feel like it gives you that energy to keep on going. It, it's impactful. And a lot of us don't come from families where they, they own a lot of real estate and own businesses. So even psychologically, we need to do it just to overcome mm. what we saw growing up. Yes. So yeah, very proud of that small property. <laughs> shout out to the co-op. Listen, shout out to the co-op, giving yeah. us opportunities to go. own a piece of the Big Apple. There we go. So now you are, um, I know you got property in Georgia, Detroit. Georgia, Detroit. Now talk to me about Detroit. So what I found interesting when I first found Todd, um, mm -hmm. Charles, the Todd Billion on Instagram, was, you know, before, it was way before the pandemic, all this stuff going on, mm -hmm. and he had his investment group. So yeah. he was doing stock trading, and I think it was like where you could put money in and like be a oh, part man. of that, yep. but you were, were you a part of the I, I got investment in, club? I, I got, I was, yeah, oh yeah, part of the investment club. I didn't get involved in the stock side heavily. I got in towards the end when they were uh, closing out the stock group. So once they launched the real estate side, though, I was all in on every property, I believe, except for the first one. So how did that work? How, like, what was the setup of the whole project? Yeah. And, you know, how does it work as far as ownership and, you know, disbursements, dividends, or what? Like, what are you guys doing with that? Is it like a... So um, he started with Imperfect Action. Shout out to my boy Bernard. <laughs> he started, he, he said, yo... Um, I was actually interviewing him on one of my shows that I was hosting, and a caller came in and was talking about Detroit. Charles was looking, I believe, in Atlanta, some other states, but it was too expensive, so he said Detroit. So he started looking at Detroit, found the property, asked the stock club, do they want to buy some real estate? They bought some real estate. Uh, everyone chipped in, I, I think, from five to $2,000 or so. Mm. And he started. 
So Charles is another guy who's, who doesn't need perfection to start. Right. So typed up the agreements, um, and that was it. As far as distributions, we're holding on to the money for later payouts and to keep things flowing with with, with repairs and in case tenants don't pay, but that was the start. Nice. That was started. How that is, and the properties were cheap. Super cheap. So how much were two thousand dollars? No, no, no. No, we did get a property for two thousand dollars. <laughs> no, no, it was two thousand seventeen. <laughs> I was saying, but we did get one for around two to three thousand dollars from the auction. Twenty seventeen. So how much were y'all getting properties for in Detroit? Ten grand. Oh my god. Twenty five. Yeah. Fifteen. Yeah. Now 30. you can't, like 55, so I told my property for 55, yeah. that's like the average. Yeah. You know, that's like the average on a low end. My property needed some work, so that's why I sold it for 55. I probably could have got 75 if I would have put more into it. Yeah. But I was just like, I needed to go on. I had another project I needed to get into. Um, and leverage. Yeah, it's leverage. leverage. That That's yeah. exactly what it's for, leverage. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. So, dang, so y'all done went and grabbed 10 properties. You grabbed 10. I wish you would have got more. <laughs> I wish you would I had wanted us to buy whatever and we fix it later when not everyone was on the same page. I was like, let's just keep on buying. Just let's hold. just keep on buying, right. hold, and, and we rehab it, it as we go along. Were but you doing like land bank? Were they doing land bank stuff or no? I don't know if we got, I think we got one from the land bank. I think okay. we got, um, a lot of them were off market and through wholesalers. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, yeah. So I have a, um, a girlfriend there who was my property management. Shout out to you, Detroit Investor. Um, she was she's managing. Dope. Yeah, she's super dope. Mm -hmm. And she owns so many properties, yeah, like 40 yeah. properties or something like Good that. Good storyteller, too. Oh, yeah. I have to get better at my storytelling. But <laughs> Modest. Appreciate it. But no, so she, um, so kind of like you guys and a little bit of her seeing her doing her thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm getting here. I'll figure it out. Well, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. Um, but no, that that's so inspiring. So y'all got together. You now own 10 units in mm -hmm. Detroit. Yeah. Um, are you guys looking to do anything bigger? Are you still doing single family? Um, well, Charles hasn't brought any more projects to the group. But, gotcha. Um, I want apartment buildings. That's what I, so that's my goal too for next year. Eight, 16, like big apartment buildings. And what I realized is it's not that hard to get the financing for these things. It's easier than I thought it would be. It's easier to raise money than I thought it would be. So I was like, okay, it's time for the big boy move. Listen. So yeah, apartment buildings. That's that's. I the have next. a guy. We actually interview him. If you guys want to check out that episode, um, it is Celine Cash. Um, he bought some property in Ohio, Cleveland, mm. but commercial, hundred thousand dollars for pretty much a shell. But there's like two commercial units and six residential on top. But that's like, you know, that's a nice project. A hundred thousand? That's a very nice project. <laughs> you you can't get nothing in six Atlanta commercial for a hundred thousand. No, two commercial two units commercial. on the bottom mm -hmm. and six residential up top. Damn, that's a, that's a steal. So eight units. Good for him. Man, yeah. So Ooh. and he actually just went that was earlier this year and then now he just purchased something else. Um but he paid a little more for it because you know the market is, it is what it everything is. going up. It is what it but is. Can you imagine getting up for $100,000? I think the key here that I'm trying to point at is if your market where you live is too expensive for you to invest in real estate right now, then else. you need to go somewhere else, right? Somewhere Money else. is green. U.S. <laughs> dollars spent all over the world. So you can go anywhere and invest in real estate. And that, that's what I had to learn. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Commercial real you estate. You got some land. Didn't you get some land? Yes. Yep. So I did. So all of last year I was purchasing land. Mm. 
Um, just really busy and just doing stuff and had some money and wanted to put it somewhere. <laughs> what a G. I have somebody want to put it somewhere. I love it. Listen, but you know, if you put it in the asset, what's the worst that it can happen? It's you a sell safe it. way to hold it. Listen, you sell it for something, even if it's the same amount later, right? Mm, that's what's but the plan is for this year to uh, this year develop all of that. So right now I'm working on a couple single family developments. Good for you. Okay. Um, so once I get that under my belt, like I said, 2023, I want to do commercial. I love it. That's definitely my goal. Good for you. I want to own like a 20 unit or something Ooh. with some commercial. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So tell us about um, tell us about your notary program. So I actually bought your course. You did. Thank you. Yes, I did. And you should buy it too. Mm -hmm. What is uh, what is it called? The notary. Uh, notary school? The notary business school. The notary yes. business the notary school. Business. Tell us about the notary business school. So, uh, 16 years in the business, I, 2015, started teaching it because people kept asking me, how do I start? And I was teaching my friends. So I was like, let me bring it to the web. So, uh, when we first launched it, we had 20,000 signups. No, no, I'm sorry, we made $20,000. Okay. We made, uh, so it was 200, it was $100, so 200 signups. So I was like, wow. Oh, like people How'd really you want. market it? How'd you get a hundred signups? I had some help from from a man, uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins. So yeah, okay, he helped me. I shout out to Dr. B. Awesome. So he already had an established platform. I was like, yo, I think I I can do this, and and we did it, and we launched. Here's something about the launch. I knew that I could teach it. I didn't know about PDFs and PowerPoints and all that stuff. So literally. Every week, we created the PowerPoint for the following week. Listen. Start before you're ready. Start before you're ready. Start. But listen, the most powerful thing in that, that is actually a business model. Yeah. Because you launch, you know, people think you got to have everything from A to Z figured out, right? I tell, you know, my coaching clients, if you are three steps ahead of someone, you can help them get to step one. You're an expert for them. You're an expert to the people that are trying to get to step one. Bingo. But for you, instead of you going and creating this whole big program, not knowing what people want, you're doing it based on what you think they want. If you do it week by week, those in-betweens allow you to say, hey, what do you guys need help with? Your students become your consultants. What are your questions? Bingo. Your, your students become your consultants. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they literally help you create your whole project. That's what we did. So launched that went really well. One of the, 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 the best feedback I got was I'm able to take things that might be complex and to put them in simplistic formula for other people to follow. So we did it. We've been doing it ever since. Helped over 20,000 people. Some of them earn hundred, $150,000 and upwards a year. Mm. I think my best success story is my girl Kamika. She makes 200 plus. She had 200 plus a few years. And is she doing it herself or is she outsourcing? She's doing a little bit of both. Gotcha. She's doing a little bit of both. So yeah, it's become like a thing because uh, especially in our community, we need low startup cost opportunities that don't drain the bank. A lot of us don't have it like that. And with this business, you can start for, for around 500 bucks. So yeah, we've we, we been improving the online academy, growing it, and very, very proud of what we built. Gotcha. I love yeah. that. So how does somebody start to even become a notary? You get licensed. So in, uh, in your state, go to your Department of State website, follow the steps there. You, 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 it just goes between 40 and 120 bucks. Uh, some states have a test. Most states don't. Does Georgia have a test? Georgia has a test, but it's not that tough. Okay. Yeah. And do you, should you take a course or just go and try and do you, it? You could, you could probably pass it online with studying. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like a pamphlet on the website. So, yeah, head there, get test, uh, take the test. 
then you come to me for the business training. I got you on the business training, but that's the formula. Get licensed, and I got you on the rest. So what people don't understand about getting a trade or starting a business, mm -hmm. right, is that when you start a business, you're, you learn how to do a task, Oof. right? You don't learn business. Even yeah, if you're right. an accountant, if you're a doctor, whatever it is that you do, you go to school or training to get certified to do that thing. Mm -hmm. But you don't know how to run Conduct a business. Conduct yourself as a business Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, that's, that's definitely key uh, because really as a business owner, it's our job to bring in customers. Mm, yes. And so, you know, and I'm keep sure. The customers. And keep the customers happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure that's a big part of your program. Oh, yeah, yeah, because um, becoming a, a business professional is a whole different skill set. A lot of people, let me give you an example, a lot of people aren't used to answering the phone for numbers that they don't know. In our business, you're gonna get calls from all over the country. So like if you answer your phone like it's your homegirl, you lost the client. Mm -hmm. You need to always answer the phone like a boss. And if you answer the phone like, hello, kind of who's calling me, yeah. you've lost the client. Right. That one step right there. Right. If, opposed to, hello, thank you for calling Georgia Mobile Notary, how can I help you? Whole different ball game right there. So yes. We teach you how to be a business professional who gets the job done. Gotcha. So where do like where do I find clients that need a notary? Um, the best way to do it is for clients to find you. Hmm. So I try to advertise to where I can attract clients, as opposed to me having to go out and get clients. So gotcha. there's a few platforms. One, two, three. Notary is very popular. Notary, Rotary, Notary Cafe are very three popular websites where people go to to find notaries in the area. Gotcha. So you essentially go in there and like offer your services. Offer your services, add your profiles. Um, and cold calling never hurt nobody. Cold good, calling. Good old fashioned cold Who calling. Who are you cold calling? Attorneys mm. and title companies. Attorneys, attorneys pay well. They pay quickly. They don't like a lot of hassle. And they usually have a lot of clientele. So I have a law firm that I work with. I've done about five jobs for five or six jobs for them so far. They pay me 150 a pop. I've done jobs in Hawaii, Louisiana, um, and a bunch of other states. And so you have to get licensed in all these states? No, I don't have to get licensed. I find someone there who is licensed. Ah. So they pay me 150 a pop. I've had other people do the jobs for between 50 and $65 a pop. So we made $100 or so yeah. profit from each assignment with right. that I didn't have to do myself. Right. So yeah. Oh, I love that. So much money to make in this industry is crazy. <laughs> so much money. My boy and his wife do it together, Jay. In Tampa, they had their best month last month, twelve thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. So this is notary, meaning you have your stamp. Stamping. And you're stamping a document. Stamping a document. So you just come on the move. And meet a client and stamp a document and you make your hundred and fifty dollars. Or more. And or more. Yeah. And you're out of there. Yeah. So I know there are some other opportunities. I've seen you talk about like fingerprinting, fingerprinting and you know, money. what are what are some other ways that somebody can get into this space and really take it full on as a career? Fingerprinting is another service. A lot of people need fingerprints, teachers, nurses, people getting their Series Sevens licenses, uh, people getting a liquor license and a bunch of other people. And the thing about fingerprinting, which is so dope, companies will hire you to fingerprint 10 or 12 or 15 employees at a time. My boy Malik, he's technically, he's right now in Panama, right? He had a $3,000 fingerprinting client from Panama. He kept $1,800, paid the fingerprinting technician $1,200. Mm. 
So he's made, he paid for his whole trip with that one client. Wow. Yeah, so much money to make in this industry. Apostille processing, that's when you legalize an indictment for a foreign country. On the low end, that pays $275. Uh, my boy Winston, this isn't the norm, but he made $5,000 from one client. Mm. But, but between, the, between that 275 to 550 750 mark, that's, that's the average appointment. Gotcha. And how do you gauge how much you should charge? Like you just start off high and if they're like, eh, you go down. Great question. So in, <laughs> in this industry, it doesn't help you to be the cheapest. Okay. Yeah, in most industries it doesn't, but especially this one. Because we're handling people's uh, estate planning documents, wills, power of attorneys, living trusts, closing on their properties like you like you did. Yep. And very important documents. So you want to look the best online. You want to sound the best when people call you, but you don't have to be the cheapest. You, you actually want to be up there. I have people tell me, look, man, like you're the most expensive person I called, but you answered the phone. <laughs> you have a business voicemail on your phone. E even if I don't answer, it sounds like a business. So, yes, you, don't be the cheapest. Be up there. Um, right. Don't be the cheapest. Be the best. Be the best and answer yeah. your phone <laughs> and show up and people pay you well. I love that. <laughs> And see, so for me, I love that you answer the phone. Me, now if I was to do this business, I'm always thinking about systems. How can I, how can I do it quick, efficient, and you mm -hmm. know, where it, it requires the least amount of me. Of you, yeah. Um, I would probably hire a VA. Mm -hmm. So I would probably hire a VA that answers my phone 24 seven. Perfect. And um, I mean, the VA will probably, you know, just really do all the work. I mean, all they have to do is they take the information from the client, Collect connect the them. Yep, collect the payment, connect them with the actual notary. Who will be doing the assignment. Whoever's doing the assignment. And then. Yeah. If you systematize this thing right, you could be out of the business sooner than later. But most people, they try to skip the systematizing part and yeah. just create the passive and just want passive income. So passive income takes work. But it's possible, but you have to do the upfront work and or pay the upfront money to have someone else do it for you. But yes. it's definitely doable. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So, wow. I like that business just because it's, it's necessary. It's needed. And yeah. I remember in COVID, I had to get fingerprints for mm -hmm. my insurance license for, mm -hmm. for the state of Florida. Nobody was, nothing was open, you know? Yeah. UPS was closed, FedEx, wow. nothing was open. Mm. This was like in the thick of COVID, but I had a client in Florida that needed to write their life insurance. So I had to get my, my license and I found a mobile notary. It was like $150. There we go. Yeah, and he did my fingerprints and he, you know, he notarized my, uh, my form for $150, but it was super quick. I was able to meet him at How his office. How long were you there for? How long were you there? Maybe 10 minutes. Like, we, we we really, so I actually knew the guy. Okay. So we didn't even go in his office. We were, like, on the trunk of his car. Yeah. And he was, like, rolling <laughs> my fingers. He's like, okay, all right, good, here you go. 10 minutes, 150. I'll see you next time. That's a win to me. <laughs> That's a win to me. Shout out to the brother. I love it. So what else do you have going on these days, Mr. Hatchet? What else do I have going on these days? I have my notary business, I have my online academy, and I'm currently talking to some people about raising some money for the properties that we were talking about. Yes. Yeah, so I'm in talks with some friends, and by the end of the year, I want to close on something, eight, eight, 12 units or better. Gotcha, where are you looking? Anywhere where I can make, where it makes sense. Okay. Yeah, if it makes sense, I'm buying it. <laughs> 
Because here's the thing with me is I'm not managing the property anyway. Listen. If I lived in a, in a duplex or a quad, I still wouldn't let the people know that I own it. I would still have a property manager. I don't want people calling me like that. <laughs> Personal stance. So wherever the, wherever the deal makes sense, I'm there. Right. Gotcha. Well, and I, I love that because, and that's why I like working with investors. So, you know, my, I, I got my real estate license. Yes, this yes. This year, I see mostly that. just to, I don't even know why. I'm like, I don't really want to sell real estate to the consumer. Yeah, I you got know? So I like to find deals and bring them to an investor mm -hmm. because you don't care what it looks like. You want to know how much it's going to cost, Bingo. what's the renovation, what's the ARV, what are the comps. Do the numbers make sense? Does it make sense? That's all an investor cares about. So that's why my plan is to work with and turn more black families into investors of real estate. Um, because uh, one fallacy I think we fall into is that, you know, of course, owning your own home is great. Mm -hmm. But people think that when you buy your home, that's an asset. Mm -hmm. And it's an asset for the bank. Yeah. But assets are things that pay you. And you're paying your mortgage. So you're an asset. Your mortgage is an it's asset for the bank. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, just helping so, people get out of that consumer. It's a delayed mindset. asset. It's a delayed it's asset. It's a delayed for asset. Us. Yeah. Well, listen, my, my, my personal home was a great asset here mm -hmm. in Georgia. What about your, you own a property where in Decatur? Um, no, I own property on the west side. Oh, I got um, some land over on the west side for one of my investors really? for sale. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I'm in Collier Heights. Okay. Uh, the, Killer Mike grew up in my neighborhood. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it's very historic. I come to find out. Nice. Yeah. Very good. So I'm sure it's doing well. I'm up like a hundred. Listen, yeah. my property was triple. Ooh. My property went triple, and I've only nice. been here for what, maybe six years. Wow. And it it, it appraised for triple. Where were you this born? Year. I was born in Trenton, New Jersey. Yeah. Northeast. Or Northeast. I know. Shout out to the Northeast. But I never I, I didn't invest in. I wanted to invest in real estate since I was like 19, like you. Mm -hmm. But I had people around me that were like, oh, you got to be careful. You don't want to ever leverage. People always want to tell you to be careful. But listen, I was 19 years old working at Merrill Lynch. So like I had a whole full time job. Mm. I had money. And like I was really just pissing it off. Yeah. You know, I was really just spending the money anywhere and everywhere traveling. Buying stupid things and, you know, just not doing the right thing with my money. People want us to be so safe. They want, don't risk this. Don't risk that, fam. Life is a risk, which is why you being part of these mastermind groups and, and having the podcast, you get around people who are doing it. You got to do stuff to get ahead in life. The safe, safe, safe thing is cool, but, like, it ain't really popping like that. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't really it. <laughs> it gets you nowhere. Nah, you got to take some risks. Yeah, so New Jersey was just always too expensive for me. Mm. The taxes were too high. Taxes are high in Jersey. Yeah, yeah, everything was just so expensive. So real estate never, ever made sense in mm. New Jersey for me. Uh, but that's why the Detroit market was amazing. But the Atlanta market has been great. Um, so I purchased a property here for two fifty. I got a $200,000 uh, budget to renovate it. So it's a single-family uh, flat. And we're building a second story Ooh, on it, nice. so it's gonna be super fly when we're done. It's gonna be worth like six fifty. Nice. So you know, I I have a new love for real estate. <laughs> <laughs> when you see those ROIs well, and those rent checks come the, in, and then you realize that you don't need all of the money. So the bank is literally giving me all the money to do the renovation. They gave me eighty percent of the purchase, and I get to make two hundred thousand dollars on the back end. The bank is your business partner. Listen. Which is why real estate, shout out to my man Julian Gordon, 
Uh, I can't wait to get him on the podcast. Oh, you got to get him on. Uh, yeah, he told me on. to just send him a message. I'm dead. Yeah, yeah, great guy. Shout out to my man, Julie. I was talking to him yesterday, actually. Uh, he says the bank's your business partner. All, all you need is a minimal amount of money and a decent FICO, not even a great FICO, a decent FICO, and you can make this thing happen again, again, and again. Yeah. I love what he teaches with the multifamily movement. Um, if I would have known better, I would I would own at least a duplex or triplex mm -hmm. yeah. or something in New Jersey. Because that's a thing. You know, it's up a big north. Thing in Jersey, in New yeah. York, too. Yeah, Westchester County. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So, like the quads and. Um, those are, I, I would own one if I had the right people around me when yeah. I was in my 20s, yeah. messing up so much money. <laughs> now we know. Now we know. Now we know. Yes. Well, I appreciate you for coming by today, King. Thank you for having Is me. Is there anything you want to impart on the people before we go? Uh, watch your podcast, give a five-star review, all right? Uh, everywhere it's, it is, give a five-star review, like, and, and share, and subscribe. Uh, business lesson, start. You don't have to do what you love up front. Ooh. Uh, passion's good, but you, if you put in three to five years of, of practical need-based stuff, some mobile notary, some real estate, stack your bread, invest your bread, maybe some stocks, Apple's low now, I think Google's low too, if I'm not mistaken. Everything. Everything. Three to five years of, of going all in of stuff you might not be in love with, but watch how your life can change in that three to five years. And I've seen a lot of people become millionaires in that time period where they just did what worked. They didn't complicate it. They just said, okay, this works. I'm gonna stick with it. And at the end of it, a lot of them are on paper millionaires. So you don't always have to do what you wanna do, do what works. Mm, I love that. Thank you. I love that. Well, you guys, that is Andre C. Hatchet. Woo, woo. Please tell the people where they can follow you so they can tap in. If you're follow ready to start me. your needs-based notary business, Good tap morning. in with my brother. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a link, link below. Join us in the program. We're helping people make money, change their lives on a full-time or part-time basis. I'm, and I'm on Instagram, Andre C. Hatchet. Awesome. So y'all tap this link below. It will be my affiliate link and I may get paid from this good brother for this. Let's get you paid, girl. <laughs> this is this week's episode of Black Wealth Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Shadiqua Nicole, the Millennium Money Maven. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for watching this week's episode of Black Wealth Weekly. I'm your host, Shaniqua Nicole, and I hope to see you next week. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on the notifications, and head to blackwealthweekly.com where you can read all the new episodes of these entrepreneurs and so many others.